All right, everybody, welcome back to the Bottom of the Ninth Podcast. I am your host, Elijah Rodriguez, and today um, we have a little bit of a different kind of episode. Like I said, I don't know if uh, you guys tuned into our socials, and if you did, we definitely got all your questions, um, but we are going to be doing a random Q&A today. I am looking at these questions for the first time right now as we speak. I actually had my girlfriend go in there because I didn't want to like have any preconceived answers or give any of these thoughts. I wanted them to be kind of off the cuff here for the episode, so... Um, actually, I was kind of glancing through these. I, I trusted myself enough to not go through these um, as much as I wanted to for the last night and this morning. I didn't go through them until right now, and some of these are very random, um, but I'm excited to do this. All right, so we're just going to go in here. We're going to hop right into this, guys. Um, super excited to answer these, so let's see what we got. So the first one, first question of the day we have is, what recruiting advice would you give to high school players looking to play at the next level? Hmm. So that's that's an interesting question. That's something I actually get asked a lot. Um, for guys, those of you who don't know, I've said it quite a few times. I do coach um, middle school kids going into high school, and I've actually what's really cool about that whole gig is that I've most of the time for most kids, I've actually coached um, a good chunk of their older siblings who have gone and played at the next level. And I think that it's cool that I could actually watch them and go and, and achieve and kind of sh- see them grow as ball players. I think that's just something really rewarding for me. Um, but advice that I can give. Um, to someone getting ready to go through the recruiting process. Um, I guess the first thing, guys, is like, don't, the the best thing I can say is, number one, make sure you're taking care of your business in the classroom. Like, I don't know how many times I can tell that to people um, because you can have all the talent, all the potential in the world um, and then go to a D1 school or think you can go play D1 and then your grades aren't good enough to qualify to play. So always take care of business in the classroom. Always making sure you're taking care of yourself um, you know, physically, mentally, because, you know, that's kind of the thing about, about college athletics, man, it gets a grind and it's tough. You need to make sure that you're strong mentally and physically, because physically, if you can't keep your body healthy and keep yourself on the field, that's going to be tough for you. And then mentally, um, if you're focused on other things, that's not school and that's not baseball, it might not pan out for you. And that's just the truth. Um, another thing guys, always conduct yourself in a professional manner, manner, that means social media. That means how you interact with your coaches, how you interact with staff at your at your prospective school or at your current school, how you react with how you interact with your teammates. All these things go into one big like piece that is you. And that's how scouts, that's how pro scouts, that's how you know college scouts are going to view you. And it's like almost like, how is he in the clubhouse? How is he in the classroom? Is he to conduct himself in a professional manner? Is he arrogant? Is he boastful? All those things go into your character and can change the way a scout views you. So that's one of the biggest, biggest, biggest things I can tell you. And the last thing I'll kind of touch on this, guys, and and I really think I might just do a podcast specifically on this with like Oscar and maybe a couple other guys who played college. Because here's the thing. Never compare your recruiting process. Never compare your journey into the college baseball, into pro ball to anyone else's because everyone's journey is different. So don't you like if you're if you're going into your junior, senior year. And you're and you're looking to play at that next level. Maybe you don't have any offers yet. Do not compare yourself to someone who may already have an offer, who may have already early committed, because those circumstances, maybe things that he put himself in, all it just it's really tough to compare because your offer may come later. I, I mean, you see it all the time. People are late bloomers. People, you know, people take a year off and then they go play and then they end up going pro. The, the stories are never one in the same. So don't compare yourself. And like they always say, comparison is a thief of joy. And it really is, man. So just go out there, play your game, do your best, and. The, the calls will come if you perform well enough. It's just, that's just common sense. Um, and I guess one more thing I'll touch on before we move on to the next question is when it comes to like showcases and stuff, play as much as you possibly can. 
um, take film of yourself, man. And a lot of, I know, and this is something I've been talking to a lot of parents about is like, the, you know, these perfect game tournaments are awesome and perfect games really elevated in the last, you know, five to seven years to become the premier place for recruiting for college baseball. Um, they're kind of bleeding into, um, you know, they're bleeding into softball and, and we do a lot of business with perfect game. I, I love perfect game, but I know that those tournaments and I know that those teams are expensive and I know that it can be tough, especially with the economy in the world, the way things are going right now, you know, every buck counts. Um, if you are one of those kids who may not be able to afford to go to every single PG tournament or every single PG showcase or be able to afford to play for one of these teams that does travel and go to all these showcases and really get your name out there. Um, you know, here, here's an, here's a kind of a low budget thing, guys. There's on on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's flat ground app. There's the uh, done by pitching ninja. All, there's a lot of different recruiting ways that you can go about it without having to shed a bunch of cash film get game film, make videos, post them on socials because those things spread. If you have great talent, there's always coaches surfing social media, which can be a blessing and a curse. So like I said, make sure your 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 accounts, the way you behave on social media, the way you interact with people on socials isn't a professional manner. You're not you know using you know terrible language or doing anything that you shouldn't be doing, partying or whatever. Keep yourself clean. Keep your internet and your internet presence clean. And like I said, you can use those social channels for a lot of great things if you cannot afford to go out to go to these crazy tournaments. So that's what I'll say. Keep it clean. Keep it professional. And that's really all I can tell you guys regarding that going into the recruiting process. Because um, the recruiting process is like a, it's a it's a big thing and it's a big piece of your life. But don't let it really overconsume you guys. Just play your game. Put your name out there. Perform well. Can carry yourself in a professional manner. And the scouts will come. I promise there's a place for you to play. All right, so off the more serious topic, here we're going to the Voodoo one or the Cadex. Huh. Okay. So this is kind of a tough question because they just said Voodoo one or Cadex. I don't know. I mean, are we comparing the 2022, 23, 24? I don't know. So we'll just kind of lump. I, I'm a big fan of the Voodoo one. I mean, we just did our review on the new 2024 version which was weird because we hit with it the first session. And, and this is why I say it's weird before I get into any more nitty gritty details comparing the two um, is so the first time we took it out of the, of the box and we swung it with, uh, with Mike and, and CN and Oscar um, it, it performed average. I really wasn't, I wasn't really blown away. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't like, Oh my gosh, this is just like the 2023 version. Cause the 20, the gold 2023 version was probably my favorite release last year. That thing was bang it that, i was up to like 99 on it and like that's pretty uncharacteristic for me because i'm not even really like a power hitter it was it was nuts so when we kind of took this one out it was kind of like a little bit like i don't know you know i don't it's it's good it's a great bat it feels great it's super balanced swing like through the zone is just phenomenal the balance on it is awesome but the power just kind of seemed to lack a little bit and then we swung it again like a, like a week later and the thing was just balls were flying off this bat so, you know, it's kind of tough for me to tell on the voodoo. And, and I think we're going to have to give it like a third to see if that kind of can't like which one is it? Is it really hot or was it kind of a fluke day? I don't know. Um, but the Cadex has been something that's been consistent, consistently in top in the top bat conversation. It's It's been up there. It feels great, especially compared to the Cat9, his predecessor. This bat is loads above. And, and the only thing I will say, and, and I've I've been making this known for a long time, I'm just not a fan of the composite version of the Cat9 or the Cat X. I just don't like it. I think that it's, you know, and I'll tell Marucci this themselves. I mean, I think it's overpriced at $550. I mean, that's at least what it released said. I need to double check and make sure that's still what it's going for. It may not be, but that was extremely expensive for a bat that didn't perform to at least half the, the uh, to perform even close to the connect. 
and then not even it didn't even sniff the one piece which was like super weird i was just like i mean like the the vast difference in those bats but to answer the question before i rant a little more about about that stuff ah, man it's it's really tough because i am a marucci guy i love marucci i love the brand i love all the things that they're doing over there because they're doing some really great interesting things with the with the apparel, with the bags, with the gloves, their bat designs are always top notch. Um, I have to say, man, like if we're comparing to this year, if you're comparing the Cadex to the 2024, I think the Cadex takes it just because I love the consistency in that bat against the Voodoo, the 2024. Um, but if you're comparing the Cadex to the 2023, or the 2023 version, the gold, that one wins. And if you're comparing it to the red one the year before or the, the release before, I don't remember if that one came out in 20 or 21 because there wasn't a 2022 release, I don't think. Um, I think that one wins too. It beats the Cadex. So if we're comparing to the most recent releases, the Cadex trumps the 2024. Just consistency-wise, you know what you're going to get out of that bat, the one piece and the composite. I'm not, I mean, the one piece and the hybrid, the connect. I'm not even going to talk about the composite. But if you ask me right now, if we're comparing the latest releases to the Cadex, um, the Cadex wins straight up. Shout out Marucci, man. We love Marucci. Um, beloved Marini too. Don't get don't don't, don't get it twisted. Um, all right, next question we have: Is the Rev One X worth it? Okay, so this is another loaded question. I have a hard time answering these because I'm such a like I said, I'm a Rawlings guy. I love Rawlings to death. And for those of you who don't know, I'll give kind of a brief background here. The Cat X, I'm sorry, not the Cat X, the Rev One X. Um, is actually this new hybrid kind of glove that Rawlings came out with. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't checked it out, you can look it up. It looks like a futuristic glove. Um, the best thing I can say, worth it, it does have a really heavy price tag. It comes in at 400 I think it's 399 I think. Um, man, is it worth it? it? It depends on what kind of player you are. That, that's the best way I can sum it up to you. It's, uh, it's a very, those gloves play to a very niche type of player. Um, you have to really like this it's not even really stiff it feels almost like a like a plastic but it's like a durable high-end like fiber i really don't know how to describe it i really should do some more research but like i said i'm just seeing this for the first time um and it does play a little bit different than a traditional leather glove it, it does a lot it, it's a very different feel the 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 ends of the glove are stiff the the corners of it are very stiff it's almost like they have a carbon fiber plate on the end so they don't bend you can't flare it you can't cup it it's really hard to shape. I think that's one of been one of the biggest complaints I've seen, you know, talking to people who have bought one, um, talking to people who are like avid baseball players using Rev One X. A lot of people are still in kind of, you know, going towards the full leather glove. And that would be me too. I'd be the same way. I don't, I don't use a cat. I don't use, God, I keep saying cat X. I don't use a Rev One X. Um, I have one. We're going to be doing a full review on it the next couple of weeks, um, comparing it to a heart of the high, comparing it to a pro preferred, comparing it to a gamer or an R9. Um, and kind of showcase those differences, but it is kind of a different breed of glove. And and I've, I applaud Rawlings for going that route because there's really no one else really taking that route and really trying something you know different. Because um, the glove game has been the glove game forever; nothing's changed. It, it's been the same, and I, I applaud them for doing it. But it's going to definitely take some time to really like create different iterations that really play well with all ball players. So, best thing I can say, guys, is it very much is. A very niche glove so if you like stiffer gloves if you like trying something different you like the different drip that might be a glove for you for me wouldn't be my preference i'll stick to a heart of the hide or a pro preferred a traditional leather i just i love those kind of those the way those gloves play i love the way they feel um so worth it you kind of have to ask yourself that question you have to see it in your hands and you have to feel it it's not something you can just look at on a screen and say i really like it because yeah they do look sick but it might not play the way it looks that makes sense 
Um, that's kind of the best way I can put that. I mean, like I said, it, and that's kind of hard with bats too. It's like, Hey, it's, it's your preference, man. If you like the way that feels, you like the way that swings, just like you like the way that fe- that fields, not feels, fields and feels, um, and you're comfortable and you can make plays with it by all means, use whatever feels best for you. Take a sip here. All right. <clears throat> oh man. Rawlings or Wilson. Okay. I get this question actually asked a lot. It actually got asked to me three days ago when I was at the retail store. <laughs> Rawlings or Wilson? I love Wilson gloves. I think that they do um, a lot more crazier, cooler designs at some pieces. I've seen some really, really awesome custom A2000s and A2Ks. Rawlings the same way. Rawlings does a great job with those custom stuff. Um, but when it comes down to stock and like playing, I've been a Rawlings guy since I think the day I put on a, a baseball glove. I've I've never my parents have never bought me a Wilson. I don't know if that was just something that my my parents just enjoyed Rawlings, but that's kind of one of the things I just kind of kept using Rawlings my whole life. I've used different iterations. I think like I think my freshman year of of junior college, I did use an A2K pitching glove, and I mean I think I traded for it, which is why I had it in the first place. I did definitely didn't buy it new. I've never bought a new Wilson, um, and I liked it. I mean, I, I it's hard for me to really tell because I was a PO. Um, but now as I'm kind of delving more into product, you know, product stuff and, and talking to vendors and stuff like that, I, I think that Rawlings has the heritage piece down. I mean, they're one of the longest, well, the longest around glove brands in baseball. They've been around since the very beginning of the game. Um, so they have that heritage factor to them. Wilson is kind of creeping up. I think Wilson's kind of like a new age, kind of like they're doing a lot of more interesting, like booming things with it, but Rawlings will always be classic. So if I had to answer it, I've used raw, I mean, I've used pro preferreds. I've used hard highs my whole life. I even had multiple primos. If anyone remembers the primo, that glove was sick. I mean, I've, like I said, been a Rawlings guy my whole life, so I'm pretty much biased to it. Um, but like I said, I, I, we're going to get ready to do a Wilson comparison too and compare the two. So that would be kind of the, if you're, if you want to ask that question, be tuned in tune for that video to tune in for that video. Cause it's going to be very very interesting because I've never actually in depth played with both and been able to make a comparison. I've kind of always done it piece by piece or whenever it happens. So yeah, guys, for me right now in this moment, it is Rawlings. Um, but ask me again in like two weeks and we'll see what happens. All right, next one. Hardest pitch I've ever caught. Hmm. So I've I've caught a lot of guys, especially this past year. You know, I've caught a lot of pro guys, I've caught a lot of bullpens, college guys. Oh man. I don't, and the funny thing is like a lot of guys, especially when they get up in, in, in competition, whether they go into any ball or they go into, you know, affiliate ball, pro ball, even high end D one guys, a lot of times they don't want radar guns on them because it does mess with your head a little bit. Um, when you're pitching, you don't want to spit, you know, you already know that you can spin balls, you know, you can throw balls and you know, you can, where you should be throwing baseball. So they don't want all the advanced data, which is crazy. I thought opposite, but then we started bringing it out and guys really didn't want that to mess with their heads a little bit. So we haven't always had a gun on some guys. I think the one time was I was in, I was a senior in high school. I went to a a Padre showcase here in San Antonio, and there was a guy from UNLV. Um, you know, it's funny because he was a you know it's a pro day basically. It's like one of those pro scout things. You show up and they you know you go through the whole tryout and they keep your information and then they send you if they think you're good. Hardly any times they're going to sign anybody out of those things. But anyway, I was there. This guy from UNLV. I don't even catch his name. You know, I'm a, I'm a senior in high school. I've been catching for only one year. I remember this story. It's nuts. So we, we go to the, let me just tell the story because that kind of all encompasses this. So I, I go to the showcase. I I had already been told by like my family advisor I should be 
a catcher, I should be catching and, and I should focus on that because that's the best way to get a scholarship because catchers, good catchers are hard to come by, good defensive catchers. So I had already bought into that all summer. I'd been catching, we go to the showcase and the hardest I think I caught up to that point was probably my buddy, Adam, who's going to be on the podcast next week. And he threw about 84, 85 at the time. You know, we hadn't even gone to our senior year yet. Um, so I thought, you know, I can catch blah, blah, blah. And then I see these dudes warming up from big D1 schools because there were a bunch of, you know, cut pro guys, um, indie ball guys, big time D1 guys who are still looking to extend their careers. And I'm just this senior in high school just rolling up thinking, oh, I'm, I'm hot shit. And then I see these guys chunking and I'm like, my God, I've never caught anything like this in my life. You know, I'm watching them warm up and I'm just like, holy shit. And if you don't know, if you've never been to one of these tryouts, you know, however many catches there are, you're switching out all day because there's always going to be a bunch, bunch, bunch of pitchers. So you're there the whole day. So I'm catching all these guys and it started off okay. I caught a couple guys because they have the radar guns right behind you. It's like you, it's like the pitcher, you know, in the bullpen's the pitcher, catcher, the screen, and then like 15, 20 scouts behind you with radar guns just right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> So I'm I'm catching and, and I'm catching everybody, you know, you get the 88 and when you first get your first nine, you catch your first 90, it's different. Um, but there is, there is one thing that I will say, it was not as nerve wracking as I thought it was going to be. And I'll tell you why. So I'm in there catching, I'm freaking out and, you know, I'm, I'm catching guys. And I'm like, okay, we made it through that bullpen. Okay. We made it through that one. Like, I only threw 91. We're okay. You know, and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, you know, warm up the next guy. He's over there. Big old dude, burly beard. I'm like a little pipsqueak next to him. And I walk up to him I'm like, Hey man, you want to toss? So he's tossing with me. And, and the minute that I, he throws it, you know, it's like, like it's loud, it's heavy. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this guy's going to throw. So we, we long toss, he's ready to go. We kind of go stand by the, by the bullpens and we're getting ready to go in. And, and he, uh, I'm like, Hey, just by out of curiosity, like how hard do you really throw? And he was like, Oh, you know, I sit. And at the time I had no, this is why it's so funny. Cause at the time I'd never heard the the term like, four or five, six, right? Which means 94, 95, 96. And I was like, yeah, how hard do you throw, man? He's like, well, depending on the day, I sit four to six and I'll top at it seven or eight. And I was kind of like, what does that mean? He's like 94 to 96, 94 to 96. And I'll run it up to eight if I really need to like put something into it. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? I'm like, I've never done this in my life. And I tell you what, guys, I was so nervous. I was shaking in my, in my boots back there. But that was the cleanest, most concise bullpen I have ever caught. It was awesome. When you catch guys that are really, really, really good, they don't miss spots. They're not spiking fastballs. I mean, in, out, he was painting at 95 to 96. I don't know what happened to that guy. Should have got his name, but I was such a like a young kid. I was so nervous. I didn't ask any questions. I was like, I'll catch and I'll do what I was supposed to do. and think that maybe I was going to get called. I didn't get called. But point that I'm trying to make, guys, is that was probably the hardest I caught on record. Um, was was ninety seven. He hit ninety seven a couple of times. He didn't run it up to eight. Why didn't you run it up to eight, man? But I'm just kidding. But yeah, it was it was an awesome experience. His stuff was nasty, but did not miss. I hope they took that guy. I hope that guy had an extended career because he was good, man. He was he was pretty insane. Um, but yeah, so fastest pitch I ever caught recorded ninety seven. I think there's a there's a video that I posted on on Instagram and stuff for on my account and on Baseball Express account. My buddy Carson throwing. Um, Carson ran it up to five, six and got it up to eight when he was playing that day. I, we didn't have a gun on him, but my gosh, he was, he was bringing it in there. I, if I had to take a guess, I'd probably be about the same that that guy was throwing back in the day, but a much more season to it now. So it wasn't that big a deal. Shout out Carson, man. That guy throws gas or through gas. Um, next one. Where is our retail store? Huh? 
So that's a big question I get a lot, actually. So our retail store is actually in San Antonio, Texas. So it's actually right near the airport. If you've ever been, if you live in the San Antonio area, it is literally off Nakoma. So if you get off 281, it's right there on Nakoma. Um, but yeah, that's where our retail store is, guys. We've got, I'll give you kind of a cool little advertising here. I guess we got we got all BB Core bats, all the newest releases. We just got the booty ones in over there. We're going to be having the goods as well. Um, all 2024 A2000s are coming in. We've got everything in there. So come check it out. We've got all the best cleats. Um, if you're a football guy, we got football stuff. We got Zenith pads. We got shut pads, shut helmet. We got everything. It's pretty much a, a very much a specialty sports store. But to answer your question and kind of move on, there's really not a whole lot I can tell you about it because it is a store and we got a lot of good stuff. Um, it is in San Antonio, Texas. So if you're in the area, come check us out. If you're in the surrounding areas, come check us out. And if you're not even in the state, come fly out and see us. It'll be worth your time. All right. And next question. Name of the facility that we film at. Hmm. I'm just kidding. It's actually called, uh, it's it's Genesis Sports Performance. Um, I was just messing around. I actually, I remember. Um, we're there about, we were there weekly all summer because we were catching those guys and, and kind of the, one of the big things, I got a lot of questions like, well, are you always catching blah, blah, blah. And my thing is, look, when it comes to, when it comes to these college guys and these pro guys throwing in the off season, it's important to me, to me for me to come and help them out. Um, because I know how shitty it is to throw to a nine spot. You get no feedback. You have no idea how hard you're really throwing. Cause it's just, it just throwing to a, to nobody sucks. So I was trying to make it there all summer to make sure these guys had someone to throw to. And so I could give them feedback because that is important in pitch design. It's important in making sure that you're actually throwing correctly. Mechanics are looking good. You're looking sound. Um, so yeah, that's where we were at Genesis sports performance. They do offer a lot of velo, uh, training. I mean, there's so many pitchers, so many pro guys in there. It's an awesome experience. If you're in San Antonio and you're looking to up your game. I can tell you guys right now, Genesis is a hell of a great spot to be in. They have great coaches, great trainers out there. Esteban and Gabe are running it, and they know what they're doing, man. There's a lot of great dudes going. I mean, hell, guys, you've seen the videos. You've seen the stuff. You know how many people are in there training? They wouldn't have that many people in there if these guys weren't worth it, man. So if, you haven't, if you're in San Antonio looking to up your game, looking to get better, Genesis is definitely a place to check out. Um, it's off Nacogdoches near um, – like, I don't even know what highway it's off of, but it's off Nacogdoches. Google them. They know what they're doing. Their pages, I've, I've tagged their pages multiple times. So go check them out, guys. Genesis is a sick place to be at, man. Um, okay, next question. Hold on. Okay. Um, how to best balance being a student athlete? Oh, we're back to the, the good stuff. Um, so let me tell you this, guys. Let me tell you this. Being a student athlete is not easy. I know that it's very glamorous, especially when you're at the D1 level and, and people say, well, you never have to go to class. No, you do have to go to class. That's a lie. Um, you know, the best way to balance it, guys, is really just being a great time manager. That's, that's the best thing I can do it. You know, like, I mean, that, that's that's truly like time management is so, I mean, people are going to tell you this, but it's it's true. That's how you make it in college sports. Hell, that's how you make it as you go into adulthood and go into your real life and a job and kids and relationships and family. I mean. Time management is key, and that's one of the that's one of the biggest takeaways. I know this isn't really answering the question, but because the really only real manage the only real answer I can give you is time management. But you know, how do I say this? So when I say time management is the best way to is the best way to handle being a student athlete is because you have to think about it. You have to make practice, you have to make weights, you have to make workouts, you have to make class, and you have to also make time for yourself because that sometimes can get lost. And I think that a lot of kids get burnt out because they don't have that that sliver of time to just be themselves and do things that truly interest you because we're not all ball players all the way through. Some of us are, but some of us also have other facets of us and they like to do other things. And I think that it's important to manage all aspects of your life within that period, but make sure everything is taken care of. So make sure you're taking care of your business in the classroom, make sure you're going to class, make sure you're providing that effort that's bigger than you can imagine. 
um, making sure that you're present every practice, every game, um, because, you know, you go through it and people are going to, there's always going to be days where you don't want to do it. There's going to be days where you don't want to go to class. There's going to be days you don't want to go to practice. We just don't feel like it. But like those days are some of the best days of my life. And there's some days that I'm kind of sad that I didn't really soak it all in because you miss it. You miss doing all that stuff. So like I said, the best way to balance being a student athlete, guys, be present and manage your time correctly and efficiently. Um, I'm not saying don't go out and party. I'm not saying don't go out and have a good time. I'm saying manage it. I'm telling you because if you don't manage the time, everything will start to eat you alive. I promise you that. So time management, man. Time management. Favorite player of all time. Damn. These are t some of these are just hard because you haven't really thought about some of this stuff. Because um, a favorite player of all time. Man. I, should, I needed some more some more detail on this question because I kind of have, I have different favorites like of different time periods. Like if you were to ask me who's my favorite player, I'll answer this three different ways. Favorite player currently playing. Um, it's kind of hard for me to give you guys one. I'm a huge Bryce Harper fan. I love his swag. I love the energy he brings. I've always been a fan of Bryce Harper since he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated forever ago. Um, so Bryce Harper is one of my favorites. I'm a huge A-Rod fan, whether you like that or not. I'm a huge A-Rod fan. Always have been. Um, it's hard to to pinpoint. Um, a lot of people are surprised that I'm not really a big fan of Derek Jeter. I think he was awesome. He was the captain, but like, it's a whole other argument for another time. But Derek Jeter is actually not on my list. Um, Roy Holiday is another one of my favorite guys. He was just awesome. He's electric to watch pitch. You know, rip. You know, rest in peace, man. You know, sad, but you know he is. He was definitely one of my favorites to watch. You know, when he was at the Blue Jays and. Man, he was a stud. It was it was fun to watch him pitch. Um, same with Jose Fernandez, man. I was a huge fan of his. He was electric, man. And that was another guy gone way too soon. I know it's sad I'm talking about these guys who are no longer with us, but, man, they were studs. Um, man, favorite player of all time. It, it's got to be – I'm a huge A-Rod fan, guys. So if I'm going to sum it, it's A-Rod, man. I've, I've watched him, and I think he was probably one of the smoothest infielders that transitioned from short to third. Um you know, holds home run records. I mean, the dude's a stud. Regardless of what you think about him, regardless of what you think about the steroid era, you know, dude was good. Dude was smooth in the infield. He was smooth in Texas. He was smooth in Seattle. Um, even towards the end of his career, he was still a very lockdown third base guy. Um, just an all absolute stud, in my opinion. A-Rod, my guy. Um, show, oh, where does Shohei land? I guess... Where does Shohei? Oh, where does okay? I was like where, Shohei. Like, this, so just for everyone, it says Shohei Land. Like, where, like almost like where is Shohei Land? I guess Shohei Land's in freaking California, man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, where does where does he land? I'd like to be optimistic and say that the Yankees will make an offer at him. Judging off the past offseason, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I like to be optimistic. But if we're being hundred percent honest, I think he he's definitely not going to stay in in. Um, and well, I call it Anaheim, but it's technically Los Angeles. He's not going to stay in LA with the Angels. I don't see that even being an option for him with how this season's really turned out. Um, I know I kind of talked about that the other day on Instagram when we talked about the trade deadlines and stuff. Um, if we're being honest, the only viable option with people who could probably afford to pay him what he's truly worth, which even then I don't think anyone can even afford to pay him what I think he's worth. Um, I think he lands in, in San Francisco and gives them a shot next year. I mean, they're doing good this year. 
but I think that they're one of the few clubs that has a good chunk of cash. That or, or New York or the Mets maybe, because the Mets are not afraid to spend money, but hell, neither neither is Texas. So I, uh, it, it's still like, it's really thrown up in the air. I mean, I knew I thought that the Giants were going to make a run at him at the trade deadline, but then he took he got taken off the table. Um, so it's tough. I think it's still a little bit too early. We should see how the season plays off, and then we can revisit that question maybe towards November after we kind of get a little bit more feel on how the season ends and wraps up and maybe some more thoughts on where the Angels stand, where the Giants stand, where other clubs stand, because that's going to be one of the biggest free agent thing, free agent plays, I think, of all time is Shohei Otani. So we'll, we'll revisit. We'll revisit at another time. Um, okay. Okay. Favorite BB core of all time. Ooh. Listen, me and Mike, me and Mike White have been talking about this for a long time. Um, especially since we started bringing him on to help with videos. Um, favorite BB core bat. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know, this is like a total sleeper. And you may have not even heard of this. If you're like part of this new generation playing high school, now you've never heard of this bat. Um, I'm going to be hundred percent honest. The bat is called the Louisville slugger raid. If you haven't heard of the raid, go Google it, go find one because those bats bang. And it was only like 150 bucks when I was in high school. It was like the biggest sleeper. And everyone, for a while, that was like the bat everyone on my high school team wanted. Everyone on my select team back in the day when I was in high school wanted that bat. We all like traded off using like two or three. Um, but the raid, guys, if you haven't seen it, go find it. Go, you, you can't probably can't find it. You got to go on eBay and see if you can cop a raid because that bat bangs, man. That bat bangs. And I think a second runner up, first of all, when it comes to BB Core, I'm, I haven't been totally blown away with the last couple like years of releases. It's just kind of been like, yeah, yeah, I mean, cool, right? When BB Core first came out, man, I remember like the Voodoo was a big one. It was still two piece back in the day, black white. Um, but one of the other bats, I'm a huge Louisville Slugger guy. Like I said, I'm I'm pretty much like loyal to. I start with like I'm a Louisville Slugger to the death. Um, but I guess now, if I was playing now, I'd probably move into Di Marini or like Marucci. Um, but. At the time, I guess I'm throwing it back a little bit, man. That well, the first, first, first Exo Grid that came out, BB Core was white. Um, that bat thing too. Even the red iteration was good, but then that one had some durability issues. I blew the cap off that thing multiple times. Um, kind of banged it back on there, but it would always pop back off. So a little bit of durability issues there, but those bats did bang. Um, so top BB Core bats definitely going to be the raid. Um, and then it's going to be um. Yeah, and, well, honestly, the Cat Five was another great one. The original Cat Five, man, was hot. They even banned the Thirty Three version, but Cat Five was another really great one. Um, so the Exo Grid, the Raid, and um, the Cat Five, those bats were my probably top three BB Core bats of all time that I've swung, and I think they still to this day are better than a lot of the ones coming out. Um, to be honest, maybe I'm biased because I played back then, and I feel like maybe they've kind of slumped down a little bit, but that's on me. The other thing, and, and what I'll put up next to it is honestly. The, the Bone Saber is the closest that I've felt to the original Cat 5 and that bat bang. So the Bone Saber, the 2023 version, even the hybrid is really great too. Those bats really throw me back to a time, that time, and they remind me of those bats. So that's why I'm a huge War State guy. But yeah, top three, Exo Grid, Raid, and Exo um, Grid, Raid, and Cat 5. Um, favorite BESR. Now you're really throwing it back. Um, Favorite BESR. So for guys you don't know, and, and maybe you're new, maybe all you knew is BB Core because you're a younger guy. BESR was a certification that came in before BB Core. Um, so all those crazy, like you see the bat bro swinging those stealth, that's BESR. 
Um, man, so I actually didn't swing that orange stealth. We're gonna try to get one so we can test one. Um, I've never swung it. Everyone says that's like the goaded bat. I've never swung one. I swung one that was, I guess, in that same, I guess, in that same release. It was like a gray and blue with a little bit of orange. It was more of a composite. I did swing that one. That one banged. Um, but man, I think the best BB, I'm sorry, best BESR bat I swung, man, was maybe the blue Omaha was a great one. There was an orange Omaha that was hot too. Even this, all there was an all black one that was like a limited edition Omaha. That one smacked, man. The thing was insane. Um, and then, like I said, it's kind of hard because I'm a like, Louisville slugger was my bat of choice. Any of the exo grids, mustard ketchup, air exos. I was a huge EXO guy. I think I had every single EXO that ever came out, which is nuts. Um, and then if anyone remembers, I'm really maybe showing how old I'm getting, but the Dynasty. The Dynasty was another great one, another TPX that just smacked baseballs, man. The Dynasty was hot. Any EXO, um, yeah, those bats were just goaded. And the Stealth. I'm going to throw the Stealth in there anyway, just because I did swing a version of it, but it's not that orange one that everyone's rant ranting and raving about, but... The stealths back in the day were hot too. Um, oh, now we're getting into the drama. Should the Yankees get rid of Cashman? Damn, you're gonna pull my on my on my anger strings here. <laughs> was I okay? I'm gonna try to keep this as short as possible because I can talk all day about this. I'm a huge Yankee guy. Um, I don't know if 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 the blame is total on Cashman because like I said, and I said this the same thing about Boone because everyone's just destroying Boone lately. It's not Boone because they're not suiting up every day to play. So let's just make that that abundantly clear. They're not suiting up. They can't suit up and go make the plays themselves. So it's really only on one guy. You know, it's one on one person, or not one person. It's on the nine guys on the field, right? But I, I did see a stat the other day. You know. Cashman has been the GM for the Yankees since 1998. Um, so we're, we're, it's been a long, long, long time. You're almost at like 20 of the last 25, 26 years. In that span, they've won one World Series, and that was in 09. And that was a magical, magical, magical Yankee team. That was like the last year that they had that everyone in that core group, which is like Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, A-Rod, Robinson Cano, um, what's his name, um, Hideki Matsui, um, CC Sabathia, A Rod, you know, all those guys. That was a very clutch team that was put together with legends. I mean, the legend. I think Andy, and Andy Pettit was probably still there. You know, that that was a that was a legendary team. Um, but that was the last time they were really worth a shit. You know, we've been in and out, in and out of playoffs. Is it you know one argument people can make is like, well, we're in the playoffs every year. Yeah, yeah, we're in the playoffs every year, but every year we make it to the same spot, and we always meet the Astros. And it doesn't go well because we're just not the same kind of matched player. Um, we don't match the same player, act, I guess not activity, but like, I guess clutchness. I don't know. It's a really tough spot to be in because, yes, we do make the playoffs, but something always happens in that series that we never advance to the big show, right? Um, it's tough. I don't, I don't, I'm not huge into the business aspect of things. So I really can't give you guys a full, like, comprehensive and i'm not going to speak out my ass or anything and say oh you should do this that, and the other because i really don't know the specifics on what it really takes to be a gm i do know they should have made more trades i do know they should have done something more significant i don't think that the team that they have now is going to going to move the needle um maybe if we had everyone out that was out on injuries and maybe people were you know 100 100 you know rizzo trevino 
Um, Donaldson's playing through stuff. I don't, I don't know. You know, Bader's been in and out. You know, Judge in and out. It's like, damn, man. Pitching seems to be a big issue too. I mean, we should have got somebody. You know, put some pieces together, trade some draft, not draft spots, but maybe some farm guys. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. Um, it does seem very weird that nothing was done at the, at the deadline. If you're asking me now, I'm just, I, do I, do we calling for his job? I don't know. Should he have done something? Yes. That's, I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to speak out my ass and say, cause I don't even know who would be a better GM. I don't know. Um, but yeah, dis- disappointing, disappointed for sure at the, at the deadline and kind of disappointed with the, with how that was handled by Cashman. Um, next. Um, why do I hate the <laughs> Why do I hate the Astros so much? I feel like this is somebody I, I, somebody I know asked me this question because you have to really know that. I mean, I've said it in like one video, but to know that I don't like the Astros to this extent is pretty funny. Listen, I don't like the Astros, namely because of the 2017 year. I, I just think that it was, a, it was a chicken shit thing. They cheated. I think it was bullshit that they didn't get any, no players got any sort of, suspension and then of course Manfred comes out this past year and was like wow I guess uh I, I kind of regret not giving the players any sort of fine or any sort of punishment because yeah it was the players man coaches may have thrown that out there and, and there may have been a lot of personnel that were involved in this in this whole scandal but players ultimately took the time to 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 delve into it and they cheated and it's just it's just blatantly obvious I also think they went on cheating threat I think the home run off of World is Chapman I forget the year that was um, when Altuve hit the one and he held the jersey in like this. Also chicken shit. He was clearly wearing a buzzer. Why else would you hit a, 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 I'm sorry for my language, a fucking walk-off home run to send your team to the fucking World Series? <laughs> and you immediately step on home plate, avoid, don't even celebrate with your team and run directly to the locker room? No, that's very, very suspicious. And then come out, not wearing your jersey, wearing a completely different shirt. Come on, man. You're cheating. Come on. I, I just don't like the way that they carry themselves. I'm, I'm, their, their fan base can be a bit much sometimes. I know a lot of Astros fans that aren't that way, but I've, I've seen a lot that are very, like, we want it. You're just being a crybaby. Like, no, dude, like you guys definitely cheated. There's no question. But then there's a the, well, the Yankees cheated. Well, the Red Sox, cheated. everyone was cheating. Yes. Uh, I heard those too. I don't know. I, but I just, I just hate the kind of the way that those guys carry themselves. I'm not, I'm not a Carlos Correa fan. He was part of that team opening his mouth about stuff. And then they ended up getting caught cheating, even though he addressed allegations like two weeks, three weeks before saying, oh, whatever, you know, being big shit. Um, so yeah, upsetting. I just don't care for the organization. Do I think, and here's, here's the thing, guys. And this is where people get confused. Like, oh, you're just a hater. Like, no, I respect talent right now. I'm not as much hating them as much right now because I think a lot of those people have been flushed. They're gone. Um, I, I think they're a really great club. I, I think they're a freaking astound, a, a, a sound ball club. I mean, they just, you know, they got Verlander back. They've got Bregman. They've got Pena. I thought that Pena was a hell of an upgrade from Carlos Correa. Um, you know, they still have Maldonado. They got Framber. I think they're having a little bit of a pitching crisis. You know, they really only got Framber and Verlander at the moment. Uh, McCullers is gone. He's hurt. Um, Luis Garcia hurt. I think they just got her quitty back. Quitty's another thing, but he hasn't played to the level that he's played in the past. 
Um, you know, you still got Jordan, you got Tucker, another great addition, another great player. So they have a lot of good players. I'm, I'm not taking that away from them. I think they're a really great ball club. I just don't like the way that maybe the organization runs themselves. I mean, that's probably the easiest way I can put it. And let me just clear, I don't hate the players. I hate the, the way that they carry themselves. And I hate, I just hate them cheating like that. It just, it just irks me. It's like, this is one of the hardest games in the world. Everyone's trying to put like, everyone's trying their, their absolute best to stay on that field, to compete at the highest possible level. Like you had like, and here's the biggest thing I remember, you know, as, as I kind of try to move off this topic, because this is another one I can talk about all day long. Um, you know, back when it first came out, I remember if anyone knows just Mike, uh, Mike Stud, um, he's got the podcast you never know, or I think that's what it's called, YNK. He had Clevenger on the podcast, Mike uh, Mike Clevenger, who now throws for the White Sox. Um, at the time, he was playing for the Indians, now Guardians. Um, and you know, there was a lot of guys that were, and this is where, and this is where it tugs on my heartstrings, and it upsets me more. It was like there are guys that were coming up, like I think they ruined like four or five debuts that year in seventeen. Um, for pitchers that came up to make debuts against the Astros. And, you know, it sucks because, like, you go in there, this is your major league debut, and you're just trying to establish yourself in the big leagues. Like, you're trying to earn yourself a spot. Yes, they're giving you a shot, but you have to earn that. You have to stay there. I mean, you see it all the time. Grayson Rodriguez has been up and down. He's a top prospect. But you have to earn to stay there and earn your way into a starting rotation, right? So these guys are coming up. You know, they're nervous. They're, they're going to go out there and give it everything they have. And then you got guys cheating that knock them out, and then they never come back to the big league level, all because they were cheating and watching your signs and knowing exactly what you were going to throw. That's messed up. That pisses me off because you just ruined whether you know. And that's the thing that people don't get, man. It's that you have that one shot. That's your shot. They gave you that one shot, and then you have the guys cheating against you, and you're making your debut. That pisses me off. You just ruined somebody's career who may not come back from that. And that's what irritates me more than anything than anything was what they did to some guys like that. And there was no repercussion. There was no, besides Hinch getting suspended. And I think Cora got suspended. Um, and maybe they get an asterisk next to the world series name, but that, that hurts more than, than a, a fucking trophy in my opinion. Um, just really screwed up fastest. Oh, and okay. Well, we got double question here. Fastest pitch, hardest pitch <laughs> 97 from that guy at that Padres tryout. Um, oh, losing the, losing the Q and a. Okay. Okay. Random. How many tattoos do I have? Honestly, I've never, I haven't counted. Um, and I guess, I'll, I mean, I guess I can take this time to really delve into these, I guess. I, you know, I started getting tattoos. I think my first tattoo was on my wrist in 20, in 2018. I got it, which is, you know, a lot of these, like people, I get, I get a lot of shit all the time for these, man. But like, you know, I think times are changing with tattoos. You know, this isn't even really baseball related, I guess. Um, well, my first tattoo I got was look around, which is on my my hand that I hold my phone um, like this. It's supposed to meant to to show that you can see here when you're on your phone to look around. It's just a reminder to get off the phone sometimes because a lot of us are consumed with our phones and, and in technology. So that's why I got that one. That was my first one ever. Um, and then I've got, you know, I've got some chess pieces because I love chess. I'm a huge Logic fan. So I've got, you know, no pressure on my hand here, um, which is a cool one I have. Um, but I, I have it. You know, I love the album, No Pressure. It was a great album, but it's also in my right hand because I do, like, knowing who I am. And if you know me, I'm very much a perfectionist, and sometimes it can drive me nuts. So sometimes I have to remind myself, like, hey, no, no pressure, just relax. Um, got Ultra 85, which is an album that I hope comes out from Logic. I've got Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. I've got the Sunshine Emblem from the Beartooth um, single, Sunshine, um, that came out not too long ago. I've got Logic from No Pressure, where he's floating. If you haven't seen the album cover, it's a sweet album cover. 
Um, I've got Find Your Paradise because this was um, the name of my, the book that I wrote, the novel I wrote that's actually out on Amazon. Um, another Scott Cowboy Bebop. Um, you're going to carry that weight. Um, I've got You'll Be... <laughs> I'll be banging my head till my brain rots, which is a bare tooth lyric um, from Bad Listener. Um, I have Don't Try on my left hand. Um, so I put Don't Try and people kind of make fun of me because I'm a walking contradiction because I have also have Earn It because I'm just a huge believer in Earn Everything That Comes Your Way. Um, but then I also have Don't Try. And I have Don't Try because, and people kind of take this weight, they take it too literally. Don't Try literally means, you know, like take everything that's coming to you. Don't force things. Don't try so hard that you're forcing things together. Like just let things flow. Not it has nothing to do with effort. It has to do with things that you want to happen. Don't try it. Let things flow to you. Um, I've got some stars. I've got the Batman logo because I just love Batman. He's like one of my favorite superheroes aside from Superman. Um, keep your hopes up high and your head down low. That's those are lyrics from a day to remember. I have patience in kanji because I lack a lot of patience, and that's something that I, I've been instilling in myself for a long time. Patience is something that I've been working on. Um, I've got some dates and some stuff of where I've, you know, trained my whole life. I've got number 13. I've wore it my whole life, uh, where words fail, music speaks. I'm a huge believer in that. I mean, I love music. Sinatra, Sinatra's uh, signature because he's such a legendary artist. Um, I have balance, which is something also that I lack a lot of because I'm always working. And sometimes I have to remind myself, Hey, you need some balance in your life. Um, I S Y M F S. Um, it's still your MF set. If you haven't looked up, if you haven't heard that before, go check out CT Fletcher. That's like his big thing. I've got love in Japanese, fear God. Um, not a super religious person, but it kind of, you know, instills something for me. Um, fear no man, but fear God. Um, I have Everybody, which is a really great album from Logic that I love. Um, I have 1995, the year I was born. Um, I have a Blink-182 emblem. I love Blink-182. Um yeah, I have on my bicep, actually, this is the newest, the latest one I've gotten is Nobody Cares, Work Harder from Cam Haynes. That's something that I definitely live by um, to the fullest. Like, keep running, man. Doesn't matter. No one cares. Keep working. Um, I've got Savage on my other bicep. Um, that's a David Goggins tribute. Um, love David Goggins and everything he stands for. I have the laces above my UCL because I do need Tommy John. Um, but I don't want to get the surgery because I'm not going to stop working out and doing everything and producing content. So I'll deal with the pain. Um, and on the UCL one I have here, which I probably need to get touched up, uh, it says I gave my arm to the game, which I did. Arm is in pieces. Um, and then I do have the ones on my neck right here is going more, which is a tribute to Nick Bear and his brand BPN. Um, love what he stands for there. Um, going more is something that I tell myself a lot. Um, and on my on the left side of my my uh, neck, I have the release date of my novel, which was a big deal to me at the time. Um, still an accomplishment, man. That was something I did a long time ago, early last year. Um, I have two on my legs. One I won't talk about because probably shouldn't. And another one um, is a skeleton holding up a sign that says who cares because a lot of times we read too much into things. And sometimes it's best to just say, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want and do something that I want to do that I love to do. And who cares what anybody else says? That's the gist of that one. But yeah, guys, I got a lot of tattoos. I know I didn't count them. And then I have my hands done because they're kind of just for show. I don't really have any reason to have these. I kind of just did them. Um, but yeah, guys, those are all my tattoos. So whoever asked that question, I hope, uh, hope that answers all your questions regarding my tattoos. Um, who won the knob war? Okay. So I've had, you know, Ben's been on me about this one too, um, over at war stick. Um, it's, it's flat out. I'm going to tell you guys, we're in the process of getting a, um, video editor because I, my talents only take me so far. I can do a good job, but we're kind of in the works of getting someone formalized to do that for us and really make that product the the production quality, you know, really boost. 
Uh, but I'm just going to be honest. I told Ben already. I'll let you guys know in case it takes another month to get this video out. Um, the knob war, the first one was the, the the overall winner was the Bone Saber knob, which is that tapered flare knob that Warstick um, kind of patented. And it is amazing. I love that knob to the fullest because it's a taper, but it's even fatter at the tape. It, it's just perfect. Um, and I love it. They all loved it. Our guys here loved it. It is the knob that everyone prefers. I think second was the flared knob from Axe Bat. Um, I think that was second or traditional. One of the two came in next. Um, and then there's like the XMR handle, but all those kind of fell, you know, and traditional, I hate traditional knobs. I know like a lot of bats have them. I just hate that they eat into my hand cause I have to hang off. So the tape, that's why I love the taper so much. My pinky can hang off and it's super comfortable. So shout out war stick. It's very obvious that you guys won and you guys are doing some amazing things. So keep it up, man. Bone saber knob is phenomenal. Am I a pitcher or a catcher? <laughs> So I do it both ways, man. I'm I'm kind of a I'm very much not a position player. I'm a I, I very much say I'm a catcher, but I'm not a position player because I can't feel ground balls to save my life. I can do it. It ain't gonna look pretty, but I can do it. I've done it my whole life. Um, pop ups are my mortal enemy. I hate pop ups, especially when someone really gets into one. I cannot stand it. I'm awful at catching pop ups. Um, so I'm a pitcher and a catcher in college. In high school, I was a PO. And oh, let me let me back up. In high school, I. Played third all the way up until my junior year. Then I took a move to second. Um, and then I filled in a gap that we had I needed to catch. So I learned how to catch, which feeds into that whole story I said earlier. Um, so I caught that year. I signed my first year out of high school. I was a catcher. Um, and then, you know, that, that school didn't pan out for me. I moved on to go play junior college and they wanted me to pitch. And I became a PO for the rest of my career. Though I think I was truly structurally soundly better as a catcher. Um, but yeah, so nowadays, guys, you know, I play on Sundays. I play in like we played in a summer collegiate league just for, you know, reps and for content and stuff like that. And I'm a catcher and a pitcher, man. That's what I do best. Um, I love catching guys. I love doing that. I love pitching. Unfortunately, um, my arm's not really holding up as much as I like it to these days. Like I said, I need Tommy John. Um, so, but yeah, guys, I pitch and I catch. I think it's fun. Um, that's what I do. It's what I've been doing my whole life. Um, is Force 3 worth it? Oof. Ooh. Hmm. Is Force 3 worth it? Um, how, how do I say this? It is um, very much a... Um, it, it depends. It depends. And I'll, man, um, I'm not taking a knock at All-Star gear. I'm not going to give a favorite of what I like the most because I do love All-Star. I love Force 3. Um, I think Under Armour makes a good gear too. Um, Force 3 is very much... I, I don't recommend it to a lot of younger kids until they get to maybe high school. Um, but Force 3 is great for safety, and it's great for safety for head precautions, like concussion protocols and, and stuff like that. I think it's a very comfortable mask. And I think the older you get and the more you get to higher velos, it's going to play a big role. I mean, look, you can go look at every single pro guy that's wearing it. I mean, there's a lot of dudes wearing this mask. Force 3 is very much on the up and up when it comes to catcher protection and safety. Um, All-Star makes a great mat, a great gear. They make great gear, great masks. I just think that Force 3 has a little bit more into the protective side, which is why the masks are so much more expensive. But you guys have seen the video. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Um, that thing absorbs everything. I've taken balls straight to the face. I've taken balls, you know, coming off the bat like at 95, 96, and I feel nothing. I'm not dazed. I'm not, I'm not you know, blacking out for a quarter second, like with all, you know, with, you know, with all the, the stuff going around, with all the, the safety things being thrown out there and all the health stuff getting thrown out there these days, I think that it's just, if if you like the peace of mind, if you want to protect your head to the most of the fullest, 
Um, they've got scientific data. They've got tests that they ran. I've done it. There's a lot of pro guys that have done it that are wearing it and will not take the field without it. I think Force 3 is worth it at a certain age gap, at a certain age, um, especially when you're getting into high school. I think it starts to be, it starts to play a big role. But go below that, mm, you're not really going to see anybody that's truly, you know, throwing 100 miles an hour that can really damage your brain and really rattle your head. So I think, you know, if it's just kind of like one of those things, it's preference. If you like the mask and you want your son to wear the mask, hey, put it on him, man. That's not going to hurt, you know. But I think that they, you will see a big difference when, when you start getting up there and you start playing really highly competitive baseball and dudes are throwing some shed that's when you'll see the difference, especially with balls right off the mask. Um, so yeah, force three worth it. Absolutely. Fastest person. What the hell? Fastest person I've ever hit off of. Ooh, I, that's another one, man. I don't see, like I said, I only hit for like one year um, in college and I didn't really see game time. Cause I was a bullpen guy. I was a red shirt my freshman year. And then I went to be a PO. So um, I don't know the fastest person I've ever faced. I think there was a guy when I was playing in college uh, over the summer and I was still catching that through, I think, 94. And I'll, I'll kind of split this into two questions because I'm sure people have seen the video. So that was probably, it was like 94, 95 is the fastest I've ever seen um, from a live arm. From a machine, I just saw 100 miles an hour when I was visiting Force 3 a couple about last month. Um, and that was ridiculous. <laughs> Barely made contact. took me. The funny thing was like, I knew it was coming. And I still could not hit it. That's insane. That's what makes it even crazier. But yeah, 100 was the fastest I've ever seen from a machine. Um, from a live arm, it was about 95. Um, didn't get a hit off the 95 guy. I think I popped up and grounded out. I remember that at Bex. It was crazy. He played at Rice. Um, and then I, I got like one ground ball hit right at the middle. At least hit track said it was a hit. So we'll take it off the 100. Um, all right. Does exit velo matter? Ooh. Ooh, big deal here. Um, I just did a video about it, actually, so I'll kind of sum it up as fast as I can. If you haven't, go watch a YouTube video. I put it on Instagram, and it's on YouTube about what I feel and how I feel about, you know, you know all these different technologies and stuff. But um, is exit velo important? Like I said in that video, yes. It's, it's not unimportant, but it's not overly important. And let me explain what I mean by that. So, you know, people are getting really wrapped up in, like, what batch should I buy my kid? All based off of launch angle and... Um, and exit velo. And I'm kind of like, you know, yes, it's a good, it's a good benchmark to see how well the bat can perform, potentially perform. But you know, you're not going to hit the same way you hit like, like, like these other guys do on YouTube. You're not going to hit like that because you're not taking the same swing every single time. Balls are going to start breaking and curving and, and cutting. And you know, people aren't going to be throwing you balls right down the dick every single time. So it's hard to really tell. Um, how a bat truly performs. So do I think exit velo is important? Yes, it's a good metric to have. It's a good stat to boost when you're going through the recruiting process, but it doesn't mean everything. And I'll say it again, do not choose a bat based on your exit velo. Choose it based on your success, how it feels in your hands, how it feels when you swing through the zone. Can you actually hit balls? Are you barreling baseballs with it? Do you know where the sweet spot is? There's a lot of other factors that go into choosing a bat and a lot of other factors that go into your success at the plate that don't even sniff exit velo. Or launch angle. So, like I said, guys, is it important? Yes. Should you base your entire, you know, bat choosing game, you know, all that stuff over it? No, no. You're going to be fine just without it. Play your game. Get on base. It doesn't matter if you hit a ball 100. If you skied it up in the air or smashed it directly into the ground, you're out anyway. Hits 
defense, those things score runs. Exit Velo only goes so far. So, um, okay. Will Jose Trevino do another signing? This has to be a San Antonio person. Um, I haven't talked to him about that. I know he's here. Um, he's he's home right now for the moment because he just got off. He's he's rehabbing from surgery. Um, check back in a couple in a couple weeks, and we'll uh, we'll see what we got going on. I uh, haven't had a chance to talk to him about that yet. Um, I I know he loves Baseball Express, and we love having him. So I'm almost certain we will, but I'm not going to speak on his behalf. But um, stay tuned. We'll see what we got for you. Um, where's it? why does my phone keep like moving on? Hold on. Uh, okay. Um, is Max Clark cool? <laughs> um, I've only had very limited conversations with Max. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that we're best friends because we're, we're not, you know, we've, we've had business talks and we've talked on the podcast. We've talked before and after the podcast, we've exchanged texts. Um, I think he's awesome. I think he's a great guy. Um, I think he's he is really cool. He was very professional. Um, dude can ball like no other. I'm sure if you've seen any stats on him lately, dude is going off in his rookie ball season here. This short this short season he's got going on after the draft. Um, it's insane, man. He is he's everything that you think he'd be, man. I mean, I hope him. I wish him nothing but success in the game, man. And he's one of the few guys that's going to really do some really great things for baseball. I think he's an exciting guy to watch. He brings a lot of flair, a lot of swag, a lot of drip. So he, like I said, he's a great dude to watch. Um, I, and having a, the conversations that we had with him was amazing. He can, he carries himself super professionally for an 18 year old kid, you know, fresh out of, out of high school. And I guess with the, the stature and, and everything he's kind of got going for him, you kind of have to be, um, but is Max Clark cool? Yes, he is a cool dude. And uh, like I said, I hope to have him back on here pretty soon. Cause he was a blast to talk to. Um, favorite podcast so far, <laughs> guys. Can't um favorite podcast so far. It's hard for me to tell me because I've I've truly enjoyed, and that's something I tell people all the time because they're like, "Well, you're gonna have this person like I have people on here that I that I respect, that I love, that I that I, I truly think they have something to give the audience and people you guys watching, and that's who I bring on this podcast. So I, I'm never gonna bring somebody on that I didn't want to talk to, that I didn't want to hear from. So like, it's hard for me to tell. Man, I've I've really enjoyed my time here. I've talked to a lot of great guys. You know, we've talked to. Brent over at Top Velocity, he was really insightful. We just talked to Jason Collarin over at the Kinetic Arm, and he was a blast to talk to. We've had Ralph Garza, a guy who's got big league experience, and hearing his stories was really awesome. I mean, you know, like I said, we've we've talked to Jose, we've talked to, um, you know, we've, like I said, we've got we've gotten so many guys on here in so many different walks of life and in different paths in baseball that it's it's really interesting to to. I'm, I'm blessed that I've been able to talk to so many people and maybe and even call some of these guys friends just off of us, you know having this conversation about baseball and mutual interest. So to say that I have one favorite, I, I haven't. Um, we're approaching almost a year of me doing these, so which is really great. Um, and I think there's so much more to come. But for me to say that I have a favorite, I, I think that I'd be doing all of them in injustice. So I'm, I'm going to say I've just been having a blast. And just doing this podcast is, has been really, um, has been really, um, really fun. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how I can, I can describe it. I don't want to, you know, throw anybody the wrong way or, or throw anybody off, but yeah, I've, I've truly had a blast doing this. Truly had a blast doing this. <clears throat> we only got a couple more here, so I'm going to see what we got here. Give me one second. I think we're missing a couple that I said to put on here. Um, favorite ballpark. Okay, that was one that I knew we missed. 
Favorite ballpark. Um, you're asking a Yankee guy, so I have to say that old Yankee Stadium, uh, not the new one, not the one that's that they're playing at now, the one that was kind of tore down after that uh, after the 08 season. That was, you know, going in there, you can feel the history. I love historical ballparks. I'm, and which is really funny is that I get really creeped out by like antique stuff and like weird stuff, and I don't know why if it's like a weird phobia that I have. Um, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I, I I love historical ballparks. You know, I I um, New York, you know, Yankee old Yankee Stadium. Even New Yankee Stadium is a, it's really cool too. It's a little bit too fancy for my liking in some aspects. But it's New York City. You got to go big or go home. Um, but old Yankee Stadium, you could like the minute you walked in. Like I I went there multiple times as a kid because um, my family and my and me have just been huge Yankee fans. And um, you know, going to that place and um, you know. And you can feel the energy. You can feel the history. It's almost like it absorbs you when you walk. When you used to walk through those gates, and like the store, the the floor was cra- oh, the floor was cracking, and it was dirty, and it was dingy. The bathrooms were like, and I know I'm going really into detail, but it's just like everything about that atmosphere. You could just feel the history in there, and it was a really cool feeling. And I'm, and if you never got the chance to experience Old Yankee Stadium, I I, I am so sorry because it was something that I I hold really really close to my chest and 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 it's something that i'll never forget and those are memories that i i thank my family multiple times for letting me experience because it's crazy you know it's you're you're feeling all the history of the greats you know babe ruth lou Gehrig, you know and in all these world series you you can feel it and it's really hard to explain but you can feel it um same with fenway fenway is another one that i really 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 like and i haven't seen a game in there yet my brother lives in boston in fact i'm going to go up there here in a couple weeks again um, but just being like, just like I've only walked out on the, been on the outside of it. I went in the off season last year, just went again this past year to show, you know, my girlfriend, when we went over there and, um, they weren't in town, which sucked. Um, but it was like, you know, you, when you just walk around the area, the whole, you know, the whole area around Fenway is also very historic. It's been there forever. You know, the, the team stores, everything, just the way the the stadium looks is just it's insane. The green monster has a lot of history. So another park that I just really, really enjoyed. Um, and then if you want to go more modern, like a park that I really like, um, I'm not a huge Minute Maid fan. I've been there more times than I can count. Um, I did like the old, um, globe. I think it's, I don't even, I know the new one's called globe life. Um, I forgot what the old stadium in Texas and Arlington was called, but I did like that one a lot. I, I don't know if that was just because I love Dallas. Cause I do love Dallas. Um, but I really like that park a lot. Um, but new globe life is a hell of a spot. I love that park. It's a great place. Um, and it, and it's just one of the, the cool places to be at. Um, I guess if you want to say the worst stadium I've ever been to was, and it fits in with everything. Um, I hated Oakland. I hated Oakland. I hate the way it looks now. And it's mostly not even because of the, the people that work there. It's not because of the club. It's just, It, it it just screams negligence and it screams like neglection, I guess if that's a word. Um, because you can just tell the people who run it just don't care. And that's sad because baseball has a lot of history and there's been a lot of history at that facility too. And it's like, damn, man, take care of this place. It's falling apart. It's trash everywhere. It's like, it smells bad. Like it's just, nah, it's, it sucks if you're, if you're playing for that club and it sucks if you're a fan, but I just, nah, Oakland was, Oakland was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough. 
<clears throat> okay, let me get a couple more. I'm going to go back to here because I know there was a bunch. We kind of put in a couple. I'm going to see if there's any more ones of merit. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, hold on. Okay, yeah, some of these are a little bit repetitive. 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 Let me see. Repetitive. Repetitive. Hmm. Okay, we'll do. This is the last one we'll wrap it up on, and then we'll kind of give some updates. Um, favorite cleat. I don't know why we didn't put that one on there. New Balance, all the way. New Balance for sure is my go-to. I've tried Nike. Um, Nike just don't gel with my feet very well, which is strange. Um, I'm a huge New Balance guy. I've got like 20 pairs of New Balance uh, turfs. I just, I, I wear those out. I just love the way they look. Um, yeah, New Balance all the way. I've been really wanting to try some Shugos. I just don't know how I feel about dropping 250 on a cleat. It's kind of steep. I'll drop 250 on a running shoe. <laughs> but... uh. But to to drop it on a on a cleat, ah, that's steep. It's very steep. Um, yeah. So like I said, we have a couple more. One more that's kind of a big question. I kind of wanted to save this for last was, um, how long have have I been working at Baseball Express and how did I get into this spot? Oh man, I think I said this in my podcast. Um, and like I said, we'll wrap it up with this one. Um, yeah, I I have been shopping with Baseball Express since I was a kid, you know, given that the store was actually in San Antonio and I've been shopping in store at baseball express for a really long time. And, you know, it's crazy as I, as I, as I, uh, as I was growing up, you know, I, you know, you joke around with your friends, like, oh, you know, if, if, if I don't go pro, which was funny back in the day, if I don't go pro, if I don't play pro ball, I'm going to work at baseball express. And that was kind of one of like the running jokes with like our friends. Like I just, I'll just work here forever. You know, it was like a joke. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny how things happen. Man, I used to shop here all the shop here all the time. I used to shop online and, um, and then like I started working here in 2015, um, over the summers, I would work in the call center and, and then I just, you know, made a real, I guess I, you know, I'm, I'm a very big believer in, in being, in being a good worker and doing good work. Cause it's got your name stamped on it. I mean, I think that lasted, I think that that left a, left a good impression and I kept coming back every summer and then. Um, when my career was done, I, I went back and I managed the call center and I worked there, which is all customer service and <clears throat> kind of revamped that department and brought in some, some really great people, some that are still with us to this day. Um, and, um, yeah, and I kind of started moving into the team sales side of things. I did a lot of bid contracts, meaning I did a lot of stuff for schools and organizations and universities. Um, and then I kind of just like, you know, did a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of different things for this company, you know, that's, that's something that's because I care about it. I love it. I love working here and I love the people that I work with. And, um, there was no real shortage of what I was going to be able to do with these guys. And then eventually I got put into the, I got kind of bumped into the marketing division and saw a lot of gaps and saw there was a lot of content gaps. And, and luckily I have a great management, uh, system and we have a great ownership group and they're like, yeah, you need to go out and we need to make some content. We need to get our footprint in the baseball community. And that's kind of what led to this whole thing. It led to the podcast. It led to us getting really in touch with the San Antonio community of baseball, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, guys, I'm I'm very much here now and I'm hopefully I'm here to stay. But I, I really do enjoy doing all this stuff, man. It's a it's a blast. But that's kind of how I got here, man. I've, I've just worked my way all the way up. And now I'm at a point where we're uh, we're just we're going to push as fast and move as forward as fast as we can and keep this content and keep this stuff rolling because it is a blast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, guys, it's, it's been super, super fun, but yeah, that's about all guys. I mean, like I said, a lot of these questions were asked, uh, pretty repetitively, but it's all good, man. I, I appreciate you guys who submitted questions. We really do appreciate that. It was, uh, it was fun talking about some of the stuff, some of the stuff I haven't really thought about in a long time. So that was a blast, but, uh, 
yeah, guys, this episode is going to be available here. I'm actually recording it here Friday and I'm going to drop it in about two, three hours. So be on the lookout for it, man. It's going to be awesome. But we have a, we have some really good guests coming up the next couple of weeks and we're going to have a, well, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm going to keep, I'm going to start keeping these secret because I don't want people to know we got these coming because we got some really good stuff coming and I'm, I'm super pumped, but uh, yeah, guys, you can check out this episode now. Uh, or not now, well, now, I guess <laughs> you check this episode out on all streaming services. It's going to be on YouTube. So you can check it out on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Amazon, overcast, wherever you get your podcasts, go and check this one out. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one.